Welcome to Kingdom Perspectives. My name is Simone Turner, and it's my privilege to host you for today's podcast. Kingdom Perspectives is all about getting God's perspective on life, culture, and ministry. In a world of increasing noise and deception, we need to cut through the confusion and complexity of the times we live in and get God's perspective on our lives. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great blessing to us. Well, today I'm so excited because the girls have taken over. Yeah, the girls. Pastor Corey Turner's <laughs> Kingdom Perspectives. And I have the very lovely Pastor Stacy here. How are you going? I'm doing very well, Sim, and this is a very special day. It's you a could, moment in history, really. It is, isn't it? And yeah. you could call me Shakori if you want to. Okay. <laughs> I might forget that, but I like that name you've given yeah. yourself. Yeah, you're welcome. A bit of a combination there. Yeah. So good. It, just a bit of our hat off to Corey. We haven't forgotten you, but we're here. But we are enjoying this moment. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I wonder if he'll listen to this. I hope he does. Yeah. He should. It's his own podcast yeah anyway what books are you reading at the moment okay let's talk about books um i am reading raising giant killers oh come on on recommendation from pastor Corey. yes um which is by bill and benny johnson brilliant book very challenging um and talks a lot about raising children in the word there's one section in the book where he actually wrote a letter to his eldest son when he turned 18 wow good luck getting through that really just amazing so yeah brilliant book so far enjoying it so good what are you reading uh not really anything at the moment (laughs) (laughs) just new idea no actually (laughs) i don't have any of those i like women's weekly no, yeah, you do. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> my mum used to get them every week or we used to have the TV guide. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was like a highlight to go through. Anyway, oh, we're digressing from that. No, I have been doing a little bit of extra study, actually, okay. and looking at um, doing a course about Jesus and women, which I've been wow. finding really intriguing um, going through a lot of the stories in the Bible, in the New Testament, about Jesus encountering women and how he did that and yeah. why he did that. And yeah, so I'm finding that really interesting. Awesome. Thanks for asking. Mm. So one of the things that we've seen a lot of in recent days is people who are working out what to tie their identity to as many of the things that we normally do that normally, mm. I guess, kind of help us do life and we identify with have been restricted, stripped away, reduced, and uh, we're kind of left wondering who are we? Mm. Have you noticed in your own life, um, family or people you work with, uh, particularly throughout this season, have you noticed that happening? Yeah, I have. I don't think I've had many moments where I've sat down like in Zoolander when it's like, who am I? (laughs) Am I a merman or a merwoman? The major question of life. (laughs) But I have found myself having to revisit um, my identity in Christ because, yep. for example, Sim, part of what you and I do for the church is we do a lot of platform ministry. Yeah. And we are in a very encouraging and affirming culture in our church, which are all very healthy things. True. But take away all of that platform ministry. It's been really interesting, the gap that that affirmation from other people has left. Yeah, wow. And that's a healthy thing and a healthy culture. And yep. yet it's left me going, well, how much of 
that am I actually needing in an unhealthy way? Is there anything unhealthy about that? Or am I really living from a foundation of I'm already affirmed and accepted in Christ and then that can just be the cherry on the top? Yeah, I guess it's true because so much of that, you just get used to it. Yeah. And it's not that you necessarily have sorted out yep, or that you exactly. you realize or recognize that you depend on it, but when yeah. it's taken away or when it changes, yeah, I can I can t- certainly identify with that. Yeah, or even just an underlying, I guess, frustration for me in this season of um, it's not that I I sit around and think that I'm going to end up before God on the last day and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful singer or well done, good and faithful preacher. I've got my head around that. But take away one of my primary expressions of how I love and serve God. I have had to revisit all over again. Wow. Even those things in a healthy place in terms of how much am I identifying with those things or how much am I just doing them out of my identity in Christ, which is the more healthy way. Wow. So I so think good. we talk about um, attacks on our identity identity a lot from the enemy from the enemy and from the perspective yeah. of we have an enemy and that's very real and I'm sure we'll talk about that today. But I actually see in this season of COVID, which we're in when we're recording this right now, yep. that God has actually presented us with an opportunity Great. to go, are there any foundations in our identity that perhaps have even come from healthy places and healthy cultures that we could look at together? So good. It's really interesting that when we talk to people in today's culture and we ask them to describe themselves, people usually tell us their occupation or what they do. And this is because we have come to identify more with the things we do and the things we own than who we are as human beings or as children of God. One author whom I love, he puts it this way, we live in a culture where we identify more as human doings Mm. rather than human beings. And I think that's a very subtle trap that we can fall into. And it's not a new issue. Mm. In fact, in Colossians 3, 10 to 11, the apostle Paul talks about this. He says, having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave free, but Christ is all and in all. And what Paul is talking about here in the Roman Greco culture is not identifying themselves according to their culture, their race, their social distinction, because none of those things in the kingdom of God are actually what define us anymore. Our identity is grounded in the fact that we are children of God and we are in Christ. In 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10, it says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Mm. So much rich truth in yeah, there. It's beautiful. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Yeah. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And these scriptures are great reminders that we're no longer a product of our past or even our culture or our family of origin or the things that we like to try and define ourselves by, we are products and defined by Christ's work on the cross. And I have found in my life, Sim, that the issue is this. When we were 
dead in our trespasses or when we were perhaps not living in intimate relationship with Jesus, we actually formed life patterns where we learned to live independently of God. Yeah. And our identity and our self-perception became tied to the standards of this world. Wow. And so we then go on this progressive journey as we mature in Christ of defining ourselves more and more, our success, our maturity, what really matters to us in life according to God's word and who he says we are, which mm. is kingdom culture, mm. which is what this podcast is all about, yep. rather than measuring ourselves by the culture of the world. I absolutely love Romans 12 in the message. It says, here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. This is key. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Mm. Readily recognize what he wants from you. Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God Mm. brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. And I don't know what you've found, Sim, but for me, renewing my mind is not easy. It's possible and it's simple, but Mm. it's not easy. Mm. And it involves knowing the word of God, knowing what kingdom culture actually says so that we can understand who we are from God's perspective. Neil T. Anderson, who's a brilliant author, who's written a lot about identity in Christ. He says the most important belief that we possess is a true knowledge of who God is. Mm. The second most important belief is who we are as children of God, because we cannot consistently behave in a way that is inconsistent with how we perceive ourselves. Great. In other words, what we think or believe about ourselves will form the boundary lines of our lives. Yeah, so true. So mm-hmm. much gold in what you're saying there. And and even that quote from Neil T. Anderson, I love the fact that he prioritizes the fact that we've got to know God. Yeah. Yeah. That's our starting point. And knowing God is what helps us know ourselves, what That's helps exactly us right. understand who we are. Yeah. And I think it is so key and so critical because he's created us. Yep. So there is that that understanding and that, that confidence that mm. he knows us best. Yep. He understands us best. And so if we don't go back to the source, the one who's created us, then we will find that, you know, those boundary lines of our lives won't be clear yep. or we'll feel a little bit lost in that. So why do we struggle so much in believing these things about ourselves? Look, it's a really good question. And what you just mentioned there, Pastor Sim, is Genesis one twenty seven talks about we are literally made in the image of God. Yep. And that word there, image, the root word, means to be stamped, yes, an exact right. replica. And mm-hmm. it's a word they used in the culture of the time to talk about stamping coins so that each coin had the same value. In other words, our value is assigned because of whose image we are created in. And then Paul talks about in the New Testament, in one of his letters to the church, that it's sin that took us away from that image, but through the work of the Holy Spirit, we are being restored to that Eden image day by day, Mm -hmm. moment by moment, as our mind and our lives are renewed. 
And spoiler alert for everybody out there, we have an enemy who wants to steal, kill and destroy our identity. Yep. He doesn't want us to know who we are in Christ. No. Because when we know who we are in Christ, we're formidable. Yeah. It doesn't mean we're aggressive. No. It doesn't mean that we're arrogant. It means that we're confident and bold in a gentle and a a humble way because we know whose we are and we know what he's called us to do. I um, love looking at original Greek words. They help shed so much light on what scripture means. And in John 10, 10, where it says, um, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. There's some very important understanding in those words that helps us to understand the battle we're in, in many areas of our life, including identity. So that first word kill that is used um, literally uh, is the word klepto, which is where we get our word kleptomaniac, sorry, the word steal klepto kleptomaniac so it what it means is satan's very nature is to steal it's not that he sometimes chooses to yeah the same way that god can't help but be good yes satan can't help but to steal it's his very nature yes he he can't operate outside of those boundaries that's what's been assigned to him that second word kill actually is the word thuo and it doesn't mean like actively murder he's not going to come and try and murder us yep. that word is the word that is used for old testament sacrifice right now this careful selection of language is telling us that what the enemy tries to do by seeding and accusing in our thoughts mm. subtly mm. about Did God really say, can you really do this? Is this who you really are? But then what we do is sacrifice up the very things that God has called us to do because we start believing the subtle lies about our identity. And so in the process, he has stolen and he has killed our destiny and our identity in Christ. And I can think, Sim, of relationships in my life that I've thought it's just all too hard and yep. I've laid it up. Yeah. And in the process, I've allowed the enemy to kill wow. what was potentially of God. Yeah. I can think of times I haven't stepped into things that I know God, their doors God has opened for me mm. because the accuser who accuses the brethren day and night has been in my ear like, did God really say, who yep. do you think you are? Yep. You don't have what it takes. And I haven't stepped into it. Mm. And in the process, it's been stolen and killed in my life. I'm sure you can think of some examples too. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm just, you know, it's such a a real, um, the the description that you're bringing gives something quite visual uh, of the enemy coming in to steal and destroy. And I have been in those moments and it can start just as something very subtle and something that you don't even expect. And before you know it, you're entertaining it Yes, because it's it's just so easy to. It's something that you, you can get caught off guard from. And even in conversations with my children at times, mm. I can hear them saying things and I just, I can identify straight away. That's yep. a lie. Yeah. But they have begun to engage with that thought process because it's such a subtle whisper of the enemy. But there's when we engage with it, we, we do offer it up. It is like we're sacrificing what God's given to yep. us. And uh, that doesn't need to happen. That's something that the enemy tries to do, he attempts to do, but we, we hand over the power. Yeah, it's exactly right. And we know that there's kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness. Yeah. So he doesn't come into the light no. in an overt way. That's right. He comes in a very subtle way 
underhanded way that keeps him in the shadows and in the darkness. And that actually even creates a doubt in and of itself. Did I even really hear that? Is this him or is this me? Or And we can even get confused in that. But there's great news in the word of God. In Galatians 4, 6 to 7, it says, Because you are sons or sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We're no longer slaves. We Mm. are sons and daughters. Mm. And if sons and daughters, then we are heirs through God. Romans 8.16 says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I love, again, another Neil T. Anderson quote. It doesn't make you prideful to believe who God says you are, but it does make you defeated to not believe it. Yeah, that is so true. And even just in a moment, we can realign our thinking. God doesn't reject us when we start to listen to these lies of the enemy. Mm -hmm. But in a moment when we realign that I'm a child of God, I belong to him. He's created me. That that can just, uh, again, just remind us of our true identity again. We can regain ground in that. Can you tell me, Stace, have you ever struggled with issues of identity? No, Sim, never. I thought you'd say that. So, you know, we can move on to the next question if you like. It is quite a confronting question, even though it's something that we have in common. Yeah. It can feel a little bit uncomfortable to acknowledge it, but I think all of us face that. Definitely. And I, of course, have faced those challenges and still face them in different ways today. Yeah. In fact, I would say almost every day. This is probably my most vulnerable area. Yeah. Um, And I think it's because I the one of the strengths of my personality is that I like to set goals and achieve them. Sure. That in its weak form and that in a doorway for the enemy can be when I'm not achieving things. Yeah. Or when I'm trying to achieve things for God that he'll try and get in there and try and attack my sense of identity there and therefore get me to sacrifice things. So, you know, in my younger years, um, my late teens, I struggled with an eating disorder. And this came from, I guess, my identity had become around um, the sport I was doing. So I was through high school, played state level in two different sports Mm. and was in this routine of people inspecting your body, telling you what to eat, telling you how to exercise. Um, It was just my routine. It was a normal part of life. Left high school, went into university. It was like all of that community and world was taken away and I wasn't connected to God. And yet I had been identified for years by a body shape, type, fat level, Mm -hmm. muscle content, and it got to a really unhealthy place. Things that started out good, again, this is what the enemy does. He spoils what is good. Absolutely. So started out as a good and healthy thing but became a total obsession. And then there's been other seasons of my life where I've wrapped up my entire identity in being a mother or being a wife Mm -hmm. um, rather than in being a daughter Mm. and a child of God first. Mm. So I think I've struggled in life any time that I've literally tethered yep. my heart to things, yeah. uh, roles, um, body image, task, yeah. any time I've tied my heart more to those things than to God, yeah. I've struggled in different ways. 
Yeah, and I totally can relate to that. I think many of us would have our own story. Um, and I, I, as you were talking, I was even just thinking of some of the journey that I've been on. And there's been, uh, I've always been um, told I'm such a good listener. I'm, a, I'm one of those people that anybody can talk to. They, they feel like that they are accepted and loved. And so that's even been something that I think has really impacted me at times when then God's asked me to use my voice and the enemy has come in and said but that's not what you're good at that's not what you do that's um who are you who are you to speak up Mm -hmm. and so even though I have felt a, a really clear call of God because it's not my natural comfortable place to be to speak up Mm -hmm. Um, but when I've felt like God has really asked me to say something or or even in a role that that's part of what he's called me to do in a season I have recognized at different points when the enemy has come in particularly when you know you've you're coming to share an important message and you're preparing in that space you would know what that is like and the enemy is whispering who are you to say that what what have you what do you know yeah um and then i can recognize that that's the enemy trying to limit and even choke the voice that god has asked me to do and and if i don't have my identity in who god is who he says i am but even in who he is Mm -hmm. if i don't understand who god is then I can actually pull away and I can allow the enemy's whisper to then draw me into somebody that I'm not created to be or even out of the call of God in that season of my life. So So there can be such... you know, defining things and you can even recognize moments when the enemy is doing that, but it still can be a battle. It can still be something that you have to really work to align yourself. What does the word of God say? What do I understand about myself? So can you tell us what are some practical ways that we can grow in our identity in Christ? If it's something that's so key for us to understand, could you give us today some practicalities around that? I would love to. And I love what you've just said there, Sim, because that's so true in our thought lives, in our behaviors, in our calling, in how we parent, in every sphere of our life, there is one of two choices. We align with the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness. The Bible is very clear. We don't get to dance in the middle there Uh and think that, that we're actually doing okay. Yeah. Um, and so when we're created in God's image, we're created to have his thoughts. Yes. Not to just think like him, yeah. to have his thoughts. And so when we start to believe the lies of the enemy that he subtly sows mm. into our minds, we actually become like him. Wow. We actually begin to operate more in his image wow. than in God's. Yeah. And that's a very sobering thought. And we yeah, don't graduate from this issue, do we? And so no. I think for me, there's probably three things that I've learnt to war for my identity with. And it is a war. Yeah, and I And I don't mean at times you can't rest in it, mm. but even a position of rest can be a war stance yeah, at absolutely. times. But using God's word, obviously, to tell us who we are. Mm-hmm. Um there is a book that I love, which is by Neil T. Anderson, which is called Who I Am in Christ. And he has a page in that book um, that I have typed into my phone. Great. And so every time I am about to worship lead still to this day, I am still reading these things over so myself. Good. So it's yep. things like, I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I've been justified. I'm united with the Lord. 
I've been bought with a price. I'm a member of Christ's body. I'm a saint. I've been adopted. I have direct access to God. I've been redeemed. I'm complete in Christ. I'm free forever. I'm assured that all things work together for good. I am free from any condemning charges. I cannot be separated from the love of God. Mm. I'm established, anointed, and sealed by God. I'm hidden with Christ. I'm confident that the good work God has begun in me will be perfected. I'm a citizen of heaven. I've not been given a spirit of fear. I can find grace and mercy in my time of need. I'm born of God. The evil one cannot touch me. I'm the salt and light of the earth. I'm a branch of the true vine. People should be dancing wow, by now. that is brilliant. <laughs> I've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I'm a personal witness of Christ. I'm God's temple. I'm a minister of reconciliation. I'm a co-worker. I'm seated oh. with Christ. I'm God's workmanship. I can approach God with freedom and confidence, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So oh. I read that before Come every on. time before I lead, oh. every time before I preach. Yep. Oftentimes, sometimes before I go into a difficult conversation in my everyday life, sometimes when I just feel like I'm failing as a mum, failing as a leader, this is God's word. It's the sword of the spirit and it puts us on the offensive and we're prophesying over our own lives when we pick it up and cut through things in the spiritual realm. So applying God's word and Jesus modeled this in Matthew 4, Mm -hmm. you know, right after the father had affirmed his identity. And the enemy comes yeah, in the same right. way he did in the garden. Did God really say? Yeah. He said to Eve, he said to Jesus, and yeah. he still says to us today. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right. So when we war with scripture for our identity, we are repeating the words that come from the mouth of God. Yeah, so and they're good. powerful weapons. Absolutely. A second way, Sim, that... Um, people may do a bit less is use your own prophetic words to war for your identity good in 1 timothy 1 18 it talks about fighting the good fight using the prophetic words spoken over you this is paul's advice to his spiritual son timothy so one of the things that i do in processing prophetic words is i receive every prophetic word no matter who it is from whether it's via text or via email or in person Mm -hmm. like it's a treasure because i want to sow that in my own life so that even when i speak prophetically over people that I would receive from my sowing that they would honor the word of the Lord in their life. Um, So I double space it, Mm -hmm. type it out. And the first step in my processing is to look for identity statements. So good. So for example, recently I received a prophetic word where somebody talked about, um, I was like a racing car. Yeah. (laughs) And then the other statement within it was that I was, I had the prowess of a lioness and God was releasing a roar. So I go through the prophetic word, I underline identity statements, and then I turn them into I am statements that I can war with that I then keep in my phone. Great. So when I'm battling with my own sense of who am I in Christ... Um, and I've perhaps done war with the word and I'm like, what, what am I meant to do in this moment? Mm. I'll get out those I am statements from prophetic words. No, I have the prowess of mm. a lioness and I am ready to roar. Great. I am a racing car that Come is on. being released onto the highways, byways and the laneways. Yep. So we can even process our prophetic words, declare them over our lives. This is who Christ says I am because yeah. it's so important that we live with an eternal identity 
yep. not an internal or external one. Yeah, so good. So where the word of God gives us who all children are, yep. prophecy gives you a personal word yeah, about who you are. So good. And there's several ways to test prophetic words. I'll always line up with the word of God. Yeah, yeah. But you think about Gideon. He's hiding away. This is in Judges 6. Hiding away, the angel calls him out as a mighty warrior. Mm. In the natural, he'd never won a war. Mm. He was being a total sook, hiding mm. away. Mm-hmm. And yet from heaven's perspective, he was a mighty warrior. We are called in heaven who God sees us to be before we've done anything that behaves like yeah, that title. Great. This great. is what prophecy does. Yep. It calls us our eternal identity before we've done anything in the natural to receive that title Mm. so a great thing to ask the lord what he calls you Mm. what does he call you Mm. he has a name for me Mm. that when i journal the lord's voice he speaks to me as that and it calls me to behave that way that's awesome um so using your prophetic words to to war is Mm. another good one and i think thirdly sim the other thing is learning to recognize god's voice over the enemy's voice and external voices So so important I like to think of this this way because you and I are in relationship and I know you well when you send me a text message Mm. I don't read it in my voice in my head I can Mm. hear your voice because I know where you go up and down in your sentences Mm. I know what you get excited about what you think is funny and so when you send me a text my internal voice is your voice Whereas when a stranger sends me a text, I read it in my own internal voice because I don't know them. This is the same with recognizing, is this internal voice God's voice? When we spend time in his word, learning who he is, how he speaks, what his character is like, how he approaches people and situations, we learn to more quickly recognize when he is speaking to us. So good. And at the same time, we learn to recognize when it is not him. Yes which is so important. Yep. So the enemy loves to pose questions. Yep, good. Jesus will only ever affirm you. Satan will only ever accuse you. Wow. So when you're wondering what is this word, yep. who is speaking to me, Satan poses questions because he doesn't have absolute truth. Yeah. He has no truth in him. Wow. Whereas Jesus affirms with statements of truth and identity at all times. So if you're hearing the voice in questions, it's often not God. It's more likely the enemy with things like, did God really say? Could you really? Who do you think you are? It often has a question mark at the end because he actually doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's just trying to create doubt. So I'd say they're three big keys. The word of God, fighting with your prophetic words, get to know God's voice so you can recognize it. I reckon uh, what you just said, Stace, is going to set someone free today because that was really um, so insightful, the way that you articulated that then. And what I love about the things that you've said is they are things that that really simple but practical. Mm -hmm. And what I've also heard out of what you've said is that you've been really intentional about Mm -hmm. these things because – as you say, um, you know, the enemy is is coming to steal, kill and destroy. Yeah. So if we have a plan, if we're prepared, if we are in re- relationship with God where we're daily sitting in his presence and recognizing his voice, mm-hmm. then this is something that, 
you know, we can grow in yeah. something that um, the Lord can reveal to us more and more every day to walk in our identity in yeah. Christ. So I just love what you've shared today. I Thanks, really believe yeah. it's going to help so many people. Just to finish off, do you have any books that you would recommend on this topic? I know you've already brought up a couple, but do you want to sort of talk about that again? Well, definitely the Neil T. Anderson book, which is called Who I Am in Christ, which is presented as a a devotional book. Um, Aside from that, if you want to know whose voice is talking to you, just become a lover of God's word. Because his words are his conversation with you. He will never speak to you in a way that conflicts with the word of God. So it's almost like reading his Enneagram yeah. <laughs> it's like reading his love languages, yeah. reading his personality profile. Yeah, absolutely. That's what the Bible is. Yep. So if we want to know what he says about us and what he thinks about us and therefore what doesn't line up with that, we've got to learn to know his voice and the word is the way to do that. So true. It gives us so much life. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Pastor Stacey helping me take over Corey Turner Kingdom Perspectives today. <laughs> and I want to thank everybody too for listening to Kingdom Perspectives. I'm Simone Turner and it's been my privilege to host you today. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great blessing to us. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Kingdom Perspectives as we get God's perspective on life, culture, and ministry. Remember, in all that you do, seek first the kingdom of God.